Amen. Amen. It is great to be in the house of the Lord. Let us bow our heads for prayer this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we do come to you, and God, we thank you for this beautiful day. God, we thank you for the privilege to be able to gather here in your house, underneath your, your, the roof, and God, underneath your provision. Uh, you know, God, we sit together with one heart at one table, dear Lord, worshiping you as the one and true Lord. As we do that, God, we know that there are others across this community and across this state, you know, God, that worship you. And we hope, dear Lord, and we pray that you would receive our worship and praise to you as a sweet incense. As we lift up our voices and worship you, God, everything that we do today is to glorify you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I do have a couple of announcements for you. Um, I want to make sure that everybody knows that starting this Wednesday, uh, the uh, 22nd, we will start the voting for the new board. So if you were here Wednesday, you can vote and then we will finalize our voting uh, by the end of uh, the next Sunday morning on the 26th on that Sunday morning service. So by the end of that service, uh, you know, voting will be concluded, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, please make sure that you're here and that you are ready to vote during those times. Also, we have Vacation Bible School that starts the 27th and runs through July the 1st, and we are excited about that. Uh, there have been some decorations that's already been put up, and everything is prepared. So, uh, you know, please make sure that you are, uh, you know, encouraging everyone to come out and to be a part of that, uh, you know, as well for that, right? Okay. There's other things that's going on. We have our Wednesday, uh, you know, uh, Bible study. We still have the Tuesday morning coffee shop Bible study. And, uh, you know, so anyone can come and can be a part of that. Um, I have a, a card here from, um, uh, you know, from Wanda uh, you know, Davis and thanking the church for all the love and the present stuff for her and her family during the time of, of the loss of her brother. Uh, you know, so uh, you know, just let her know, uh, you know that uh, we are still praying for her. And yes, we love her. Um, and she just wants her church to know that she loves uh, you know, y'all as well. I will put this up on the bulletin for anyone that wants to go by and to read that. So, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, we do want to continue to remember her and that family in your prayers throughout this week, okay, and months to come. Whew. Are we ready for this day and for this service to begin? Amen. Amen. Let us stand. In Psalms chapter 1. It says, Oh, the joy of those who do not follow, who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit. In its season, 
Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. Today, as we begin our praise and worship, I would like for you to think along that passage of Scripture, that verse chapter uh, 3, that says, They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each year or each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. I ask that you, as we sing our praises today, to gather around the riverside, around the one that, uh, that flows with the life of Jesus Christ. And as we gather at that riverside, and we take in the blessings of God, that our leaves will not wither, and that we will prosper, but that we will also bear fruit in their seasons. So let us sing from the bottom of our hearts as we are planted in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's worship this morning. Water can turn into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. None like you. Our God is greater. God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, into the darkness you shine, out of the ashes we rise, there's no God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. If our God is for us, then who can stand against us? Let's lift our voices to Him this morning. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could Our 
stand against us. Now before we go any further in worship this morning, as we welcome in the Lord, I have been told some valuable information that it's possible that some people may have a birthday today, and that people and some may have yesterday. So um, we're going to take a moment. I'm sure some of you are already standing. We're just going to go ahead and sing happy birthday to those who have birthdays today and yesterday. Let's go ahead. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. valued and we love celebrating with everybody. So let's go ahead and worship, continue to give all the glory to God. Happy birthday. i 
somebody right now and give them a hug from your Abba. He loves you. You're going through some rough times, but he loves you. Your family might be not perfect. It might be broken. But we have a perfect father. I want to open the altar right now. Bring those imperfect situations to him. Our perfect Father has always asking, is do you recognize, do you recognize your imperfections? That's okay. He's a perfect Father. Let's continue with the Spirit worship. Christ is my reward and all my devotion. Now there's nothing in this world that could ever satisfy. Through every trial, my soul will sing no turning back i've been set free christ is enough for me christ is enough for me and everything i need 
we praise you for searching us out. We praise you for not leaving us high and dry. We praise you for being all the, all the goodness that we don't deserve. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I got a testimony. Grab your bulletin. I didn't get to make it to practice, so I had no clue that he was going to sing the song about the perfect father. That was my ride home Friday night after a bad storm and three restaurants trying to find one that was open without, with electricity. And I just like, I, this, it was perfect. It, this picture does not do, the, front of the, the picture on the front does not do justice to what we saw as we drove home. God came and cleaned some stuff out, took care of your bushes for you, took, took care of the pear trees that we don't like that stink. He took care of it. And then he left us with beauty afterwards. That's your father that did that. Hallelujah. I'd ask that the ushers go ahead and make their way forward. Wayne, if you can lead us in prayer.
This is, uh, it's been a wonderful service, and this is Father's Day, so we say thank you to our fathers, so I would ask that all the men in the church would go ahead and make their way up to the front, all the men. These two over here trying to be strangers. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't put a limit saying that you couldn't be strange to be able to be up here. So, Father's Day is the day that, that I enjoy. Uh, and I, I want to give you this. Um, I, uh, I remember in college having a horrible, horrible time in a, in a week that was just, you know, it was worse than normal. Uh, and yes, I was a long way away from my parents. And yes, whenever I was in college, I did a lot of things that I shouldn't have done. 
But I remember after this really difficult week, I get a card from my dad. First of all, that has to be very odd because my dad normally doesn't do things like that. My dad, in my whole life, he bought two Christmas presents for me. One was a belt that didn't fit and I couldn't wear. One is a pocket knife that I love to this day. So you can kind of understand that he normally doesn't do things on his own. But I get a card, and it has his handwriting on it, not mom's, his. And it has a picture of a newspaper clipping of me. It was of me pitching in college that they had sent home, and my mom and dad put it in the newspaper. My dad sends me a copy of that, and one of the things, and the thing that he said in the card, okay, you get it? Things that he said in this card. He said, you're the youngest, and he says, I love you the most. And God has a lot in store for you. That meant more to me than anything else. Because I knew that it came from my dad. Chris and them did a great job and we sang all these songs about what our Heavenly Father thinks about us. As we believe in Him as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He is our Father. And he says, you are good. And he also says, I love you. And that makes a difference in our lives. Knowing who we are. So I encourage each one of you, as all of y'all that are up here, I don't know if any of you have young children, but have older children, Never underestimate your never underestimate the influence that you have on your children. The things that a father deems important, their children deem it important. The things that their father doesn't put that much value in, their children don't put that much value in it. The more value that we put in our relationship with God, the stronger their relationship can become. So I encourage you today to be a man of God. And the church has a gift for you. And it's a nice little pocket knife. And if I'm not mistaken, it does have man of God. So don't leave whenever you get your pocket knife. I want a prayer, prayer of blessing upon you.
Let's bow our heads as we pray a prayer of blessing. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you, dear Lord, so much for each one of these men that are here. God, I pray, dear Lord, that your hands would be upon them. God, I pray that you would give them strength today. I pray that you would encourage them today as they stand strong for you. God, I pray, dear Lord, that your hands would hold them and would love them today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, another life story for, for y'all. If you can imagine me in fifth grade, right before we moved off, I moved from, you know, changed schools and went to middle school. I had this, uh, you know, nice teacher and she did, uh, you know, a lot of, she helped me tremendously and somehow, uh, you know, in one of the hours or times during the class that we had with her, uh, there was always a writing portion or writing time for that. Now, I don't know about your school that you grew up in or anything like that, but ours had a newspaper that we published from writings and stuff from students, uh, you know, once a month. And... I want to let you know that I have been published in fifth grade. One of the stories, short stories that I wrote, she actually published it in the school newspaper. Man, that meant a lot to me. All these red markings on it, as in this word was misspelled. You should have put a punctuation here. Uh, you know all this stuff here. You know she put it into the paper. I was really, really excited. Uh, you know, and then it comes to the end of the year, and we're getting our awards and stuff like that, and we're standing in line waiting for our awards from that year, and this teacher walks up to me. And she goes, John, I want you to know that I had you slated for the writing award for this year. Until, didn't like that until, until game day and I saw you outrun all of those other fifth graders by so far I had to give you the P.E. award. I was heartbroken. I, I want you to know I was heartbroken. I was glad I got the award, but do you know how many P.E. awards I had gotten so far? Every single year, I got the P.E. award. But I was so looking for that writing award. That could have changed the history of John Sadler. I could have became a great author. But I didn't. 
you know, there's sometimes in our lives that we, we get it right. There's sometimes in our lives that whenever we accomplish something, someone lets us know that you got it right. I got it right with that short story. I got it right one other time whenever I helped my dad build the transmission that I had destroyed in the, in the Ford Bronco that we had. You should have seen those fine shavings and stuff on that transmission that we had to get out with that little magnet on the back of a, of a Phillips screwdriver. But my dad and I put it back together and there was not a single extra part. Get it right. Well, this morning I'm going to talk to you about a church that got it right. A group of people that whenever we look into this passage of Scripture, we can see that they got it right. And there's evidence that they got it right. But for us, it needs to, we need to see and to look at this so that we can be encouraged and understand that we can get it right. But more importantly, we need to look and see what it looks like to get it right. I, I want us to think about this. Because there's a lot of times that we get things wrong because we don't know what the right way actually looks like. Wendy over here was, you know, we were putting together the, the ramp and stuff for Terry. And we had some of those solar paneled lights to put on there so that whenever he walked past it, they would come on and light up the ramp for him. And I was standing there reading the instructions as she took the picture. If we don't read the instructions, then we don't know how it really is supposed to look. And we put it together the way that we think it should be put together. But we have the Instructions are not necessarily we can see here what happens whenever a church gets it right. So let's look at this. Let's stop with the stories and let's get into the scripture, right? Okay. Chapter 1, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm going to begin with verse 2. I'm going to read through all of that chapter. It's just 10 verses. Okay. So we're going to read... Verses 2 through 10. It says, We always thank God for all of you, making mention of you constantly in our prayers. We recall in the presence of our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor motivated by love, and your endurance inspired by by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that you have been, that you have, or that He has chosen you 
because our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full assurance. You know how we lived among you for your benefit, and, your, and you yourselves became imitators of us and of the Lord, when in spite of severe persecution, you welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. As a result, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Anakia, for the word of the Lord rang out from you, not only in Macedonia, but in every place that your faith in God has gone out. Therefore, we don't need to say anything. For they themselves reported what kind of reception we had from you. Now you turn to God, or how you turn to God, from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescued us from the coming wrath. Amen. So whenever we see this, there's three things that come out and that sticks out to us right off the bat. It says that they have that they recognized their worth work that was produced by faith. Now this is important because their work was produced by faith. Faith as the assurance that God has acted in Christ to save humanity. So they received this, and because they received that, they then began to do the work that God had for them to do. And then it goes forth and it says that they labored, that labor was motivated by love. So the work was motivated, or they did the work because of their faith. They labored for God because of the motivation of God's love for them. Therefore, then, they began to do and they began to work and labor for God. They became servants of God because of His love for them and because they loved Him. By love, as the present expression and experience of the, restora- or of the restored relationship between God and humanity. And then it goes in and it talks about the endurance that is inspired by the hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Hope as confident that the future thereof holds no or holds on For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that is where our hope comes from. Our faith 
is in Jesus Christ, the one that came to save humanity. Our love for him should motivate us to become his servant and to work and labor for him. And because of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we endure the persecution, we endure the struggles because he has rescued us. Because he has rescued us. So we see that they have these three things. But then Paul goes in and Paul talks about how he knows that they have received Christ or that they have received this message. And the evidence that they had received this message is that Paul and them doesn't have to say anything in their report because everyone else talks about everything that the church or the people in the church is doing. I, I, don't, I think y'all were still just kind of staring at me for a second. Do I need to tell you another story? There's evidence and there was evidence in their life that they had received the message from Paul and them because other people were talking about it. They lived differently because they had received the message from Paul and them and it had changed their life. The work that they did, they now did it out of faith in Jesus Christ, because he's the one that has saved them. Amen. Their labor wasn't reluctantly, but it was done out of love because of the love that Jesus Christ has for them and has for us. They didn't get weary and tired whenever they worked labored hard and difficult with their jobs and then began to spread the message or continued to spread the message. Because they endured all the stuff, all the things, because they had hope in Jesus Christ that died on the cross and rose again for them. So it made a difference. Paul says in here that they received it by power. They received the message by power in the Holy Spirit. We spent three weeks talking about being connected to the vine. And we closed it with the message that talked about the fact that we can't do any of this without the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Paul and them spoke with power because they already had the Holy Spirit in them 
and God had already given them the message, but the Holy Spirit was involved in the people's lives that drew them unto the message so that they were able to receive all that God had for them. They were chosen. The Holy Spirit drew them into that message. I feel this is this this is this this has to be simple for us. It's not a difficult thing for us to be able to to understand that whenever we actually live within the Holy Spirit, that we we have power because of the Holy Spirit. And we have a message that's in us because the Holy Spirit is in us. And the message changes who we are. Right? It, it changes me. Because the work that I'm doing is, is different than just simply going to work. How do we know that? Because of the influence that they had. It wasn't just simply people that was in Thessalonians that heard the message. Or that knew that they had received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It was the surrounding towns. And it was so much that Paul and them didn't have to say anything about it. Because everybody already knew. It's not enough for the people that's right here in this sanctuary that's here in Rock Hill First Church of the Nazarene to know that you're saved. It's not enough for you to come into the church and mingle with Christ-like people and say, Oh, I'm good today. We have to go out. God has made a difference in us, so therefore we go out and make a difference in other people. I think it's interesting, this passage of Scripture says that they began to, that they begin to mimic or they begin to, uh, you know, to live their life as Paul and them did. I, I, want, you to, I want you to get this. Because we, we see it in here, right? It, it tells us that in verse 6 it says, You yourselves became imitators of us. Imitators of us. And the Lord, when in spite of the severe persecution... You welcome the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. 
can I let you know that we really don't experience the persecution like they were experiencing? Whenever you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, did your family ostracize you? Whenever you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, were you not able to go to the same supermarket that you went to before? There, there's a difference in between persecution and suffering. We suffer sometimes because of the persecutions that people put on us. But we get all upset and we get a dander up and, and stuff that's going on. Whenever we suffer some physical ailment, like we get sick, sometimes whenever we have financial struggles, we suffer financially. We're like, uh, you know, this is persecution. No, it's not. The financial difficulties is most probably because you made a stupid, I mean, a you made a non-smart decision and you put yourself in a financial situation that you shouldn't have been in. It's not the persecution that they're talking about here. But see, they received Jesus Christ knowing that the persecution was coming. Tuesday, I even asked the question, I said, do you think they even thought of it as persecution? Because if they weren't persecuted, they didn't think they were doing it right. They knew that whenever they received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you a number and it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to blow your mind. That their life expectancy from that moment on was approximately 10 years. Because of the persecution that was going on. Remember John, the gospel of John was written to the third generation. And it was about 50 years after Jesus Christ's death. Kind of figure that one out for you. See, they knew that. We run from it. I don't want to offend my neighbor. I, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be persecuted. I don't, I don't want people to look at me weird. Well, it's too late. For me anyway. <laughs> you know, I'm weird all the time. But see, the thing about this is whenever we, whenever we look at this and we see that they got it right, the way that we know that they got it right is that they became an influence to the people that was around them. They received the message in power with the Holy, with the power of the Holy Spirit that changed their lives and then they began to change the other people that was around them. They begin to imitate Paul 
in Timothy. They begin to imitate them. But then it says, and their Lord and Savior. See, this is, this is a passage of Scripture here that, that talks to us and it tells us that uh, you know, we should be evangelical. That if we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we should be affecting someone outside of us. We should also be in this idea and say that I should be influencing someone outside of me for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because the things that I do, I do it because of my faith in Him. And I'm talking to you because I love Him. And because I love Him, He loves me. And I love you. There's this uh, you know, there's a famous atheist. that uh, He's a magician as well. And at this point in time, I can't remember his name. But he talked about a gentleman that after one of his shows came backstage to wanted to see him and stuff and actually handed him a Bible. He says, one person, one person believed in the God of the Scripture enough to give it to me, a professing atheist. Now, he still is an atheist. He still doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. But what that says and what that does, what it tells me is that if I love Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ loves me and I say that I love you, then what am I going to do? I'm going to tell you about the one that loves me. I'm going to tell you about the one that has saved me because I love you. We don't do it because we're afraid that we're going to offend them. I had rather offend them than see them burn in hell. But the church got it right. They, uh, they were known throughout the towns and the countryside. In verse 8, it goes, For the word of the Lord rang out from you, not only in Macedonia, but in every place that your faith in God has gone. Now, it's their faith in God. They might not have went there, but the people that they influenced went there. Their faith in God went out. Therefore, we do not need to say anything. If for they themselves reported what kind of reception we had from you. How you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So they had turned from the idols... They had turned from worshiping other gods to worshiping the true 
and living God. But then it goes on and it says, And waiting for the Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescued us from the coming wrath. See, their lives had been changed. They were no longer serving the false idols, the false gods. They were serving the one and true living God. As they waited for the return of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's coming back. But he has something for us to do before he gets here. You know, I'm ready to go to heaven. But I don't want to go today. Because there's a lot of people that I know that aren't ready. Because I know that there are people that God has placed in my heart and my life that I am supposed to be an influence to. I have three children. I have four grandchildren. I have a loving church. I live in an apartment complex that they pay me to sit by the poolside and talk to people. What do you think I talk to them about? How cold the water is? No, very seldom do I get in it. I talk to them about Jesus. Because he's made a difference in my life. Because he has saved me from wrath. He has saved me from an eternity in hell. Because of that, because of that, I constantly do the work of God. So today is going to be, it's supposed to be encouraging for us. Because now you know how to get it right. You know what needs to happen. To be able to get it right. Can I let you know. That you can't do it. Without the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it without the power of the Holy Spirit in you. But to get that you have to have salvation right. You have to receive him as your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ right. You have to ask for forgiveness of your sins. You have to have faith that He is the Son of God. And that God raised Him from the dead. But we can do it. I know. 
you can do it. Do you understand? The picture from my dad. I know that you can do it. The songs that we sing about our Heavenly Father, we're His child. And He says, with me and through me, you can do it. There's absolutely nothing impossible for you to do without me. Today, I want you to receive this message. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. And you are loved by Him. Now go and influence the world. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you for today's word. God, I pray, dear Lord, that each one hears this. But not only hears them, God, but they understand them and they believe them. In Jesus' name, amen.